Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and each week I have a chance to go on to 600 AM KGEZ and talk to Anthony Knockreiner on the Knock on Sports. And this week we preview the matchup with the Green Bay Packers in the divisional round as the Seahawks go on the road, play the fourth game of the weekend series of playoff games, and we recap the game against the Philadelphia Eagles, as well as make our picks for the four postseason games this weekend. Stay tuned to check that out. But first, let's look at the Seahawks injury report from the week. On Wednesday, the Seahawks started with five players not participating in practice. Dwayne Brown still recovering from knee surgery. Mike Upati with a neck injury who is out against Philadelphia. George Fant, who has a groin injury. Joey Hunt, who still has the fibula injury and Quentin Jefferson with an ankle injury. Of those five players, only two were on the injury report on Friday as not participating in practice all week. Those two were Mike Upati and Ziggy Anza. But Marquise Blair added to the injury report as not participating on Friday with an ankle injury. He was a limited participant with the ankle injury on Thursday, and he must have heard it either in practice on Wednesday or Thursday because he was not listed on the injury report on Wednesday. The injury report does leave the Seahawks with some questions going into this game on the offensive line. Mike Upati listed as doubtful with his neck injury. Dwayne Brown and George Fant both listed as questionable. If neither Brown nor Fant can go at left tackle, it could either be Jamarco Jones or Chad Wheeler. Wheeler was signed from the practice squad this week as linebacker Michael Kendricks was put on injured reserve. Wheeler does have some experience starting at tackle. He started at right tackle for the Giants a couple of years back working under Mike Solari. So the former USC Trojan left tackle may see some action on Sunday, but we hope that Dwayne Brown can get back out there and is ready to go for Sunday. Other players listed as questionable going into the game. Defensive end Ziggy Anza with his neck injury. Defensive end Quentin Jefferson with an ankle injury. And safety Marquise Blair with an ankle injury. We can expect Malik Turner to return to the lineup this week as he was dealing with a concussion over the last couple weeks. He was a full participant in practice on both Thursday and Friday. Jaron Reed is dealing with a biceps and ankle issue, but was a full participant all week. And Jadevian Clowney was a limited participant in practice on Wednesday and Thursday, but a full participant in practice with his core injury on Friday. Bouncing on over to the Green Bay Packers injury report, they have four players listed as questionable. Defensive lineman Kenny Clark, who has been working through a back injury. He was a limited participant on Thursday and Friday, did not participate in practice on Wednesday. And the Packers have three players who are dealing with an illness. Defensive lineman Tyler Lancaster, running back Dexter Williams, as well as the team's fullback, who is also dealing with a knee injury. We've heard from a few Packers reporters that the illness has been going through the locker room, but those are the only three players who made it on the injury report with the illness. So it'll be interesting to know if more players are dealing with it, but just not enough to land them on the injury report. And with that look at the injury report for both teams, let's get to my conversation with Anthony Knockreiner of the Knock on Sports. The divisional round of the NFL playoffs gets underway starting Saturday, and the Seahawks have a big matchup against the Packers on Sunday. 
right now to break down that game and talk about the win over the Eagles in the wild card round is my good friend Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers in Field Goals podcast as he joins us here in the Whitefish Credit Union studios. Brandon, it is great to chat with you and great to chat with you once again. The Seahawks uh, keep playing on. They're in the divisional round. I love it. And it's just it's so refreshing to just have a season where the Seahawks make it past the wild card round and they do it by going on the road, getting the win. I just I'm, I'm grateful to be one of the last eight teams uh, in the playoffs. You know, that's a, it's a rare spot to be in. And when you look at all of the teams that are there, the Chiefs are the only one that were in this position last year. So it's it's like a whole new slate. And it just it's a reminder to me that it it doesn't happen that often and to be appreciative of it. See, I can appreciate that. But I got to tell you, Brandon, as being a Bucks fan, I actually kind of appreciate being out of the playoffs. I don't have to worry about the stress yeah. that you're going to put uh-huh. yourself through. I have, I'm carefree. I mean, I can, I don't have to worry about my team at all. That's true. There, <laughs> there is a significant level of stress that you, that you miss out on. And yeah, I, part of me is looking forward to the end of the season when I don't have to feel that every Sunday, because as Seahawks fans, you know it, we go through this every single week, all these close games. And if they're going to get another win, I'm sure it's going to be a close game again. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about this. The win over the Eagles, 17-9, same score. We talked about it last week was the fact that Pete Carroll really hadn't had, had a lot of success against seeing teams a second time. Uh, changes that narrative, obviously. I know the clowny hit, and everyone can talk about that. That definitely did change the game as Carson Wentz went out. But at the same time, I mean, this is this is just a different ball game. I thought Seattle controlled this from the start. Yeah, it changed it in the sense that it was a different quarterback, but it was still a 17-9 to victory over the Eagles, something that they did earlier on in the season. So, you know, whether it changed the outcome that uh, that much, I don't know. I, it's impossible to know how Carson Wentz would have performed over an entire game. It's a bummer that he had to go out. And the Eagles defense really did show up differently. It was a different game in the sense that the running game absolutely wasn't there for the Seahawks. You know, we had Rashad Penny going for over 100 yards in that first game. And then you have Marshawn Lynch and Travis Homer that combined for like almost 20 yards. Mm-hmm. I was going to say it was interesting to say the least. We got a vintage Marshawn Lynch touchdown, though, out of the deal. <laughs> I still love watching that play. I mean, Marshawn Lynch just throwing Malcolm Jenkins like that. Yeah. I mean, that was awesome. I mean, that just took me back to the days of Mike Allstock to a degree. So, uh, Brandon, with that being said, uh, DK Metcalf, though, man, what a what a day for him. Huge catches on third down. I know you guys talked about it on your podcast as well, but I mean, DK's been getting better and better, but I really feel like with that type of performance and that type of game, He's he's into his own. He, he's no longer a rookie. Yeah. He's a number one type guy. Now, I know Russell Wilson still has Tyler Lockett, but that size, all those things, he is a legitimate number one. Well, it definitely has to give him that kind of confidence boost, right, too, because at the end of the year, you're playing in the playoffs, and then to come away from a game and find out that you were you had the best rookie performance of, of anyone in NFL history, getting 160 yards and getting the touchdown, and he could have even had more than that. And, yeah, to be so clutch in those third down moments, and there were 20-plus yard catches. He gets the catch at the end of the day to seal the game, and it does feel like as DK Metcalf now is over 1,000 yards for the season now, including the playoffs, it does feel like he's coming into his own as a as a wide receiver for the Seahawks. I would say the one thing that uh, did kind of concern me is the offensive line, and I didn't notice this in the game. I noticed it afterwards. Yeah. It was the fact that Fant got hurt. Uh, we, you, there's more injuries on the offensive line as well. I mean, they're already pretty much at a Band-Aid point with this offensive line. 
How concerned were you? And, and at the same time, how impressed were you by this offensive line against that tough defensive line? Well, impressed in the sense that they they did give Russell some time for some big throws down the field, but he was, it, it felt like he was getting the throws off just in time. I was not impressed with their ability to to block uh, in running situations because Fletcher Cox was blowing up that offensive line right in the middle on nearly every running play. So I, I did notice the offensive line in the sense of any time they tried to run the ball, it just wasn't there. And I am concerned now going into this weekend and George Fance hurt. Dwayne Brown's coming back from his knee surgery. You know, if one of those guys can't go at left tackle, you know, do you see Jamarco Jones at left tackle? But then you have to fill in at left guard because Mikey Potty is doubtful for this game. So it's it's definitely a concern on that left side of the line when, you know, you're playing with Joey Hunt for almost half the season anyway after you know, Justin Britt went down earlier. Does it kind of feel like with this offensive line, it, you're kind of playing with, you're being a gambler at the same time. I mean, you're kind of hoping that, that everything still comes up aces at this point with this offensive line. Do you feel like the will the luck run out this week, you think? Well, hopefully you, not. I know. Yeah, right. But I, I understand what you're saying. And I would agree in the sense that, you know, that it, it has just been kind of a, a work in progress all season, it feels like. And you never know week to week which guy's going to be out, which guy's going to perform. But at the same time, I go back to other performances where Russell Wilson has had, you know, had to struggle with an offensive line that, that couldn't block and he's dodging guys and making guys miss and still looking downfield and making plays. And so when Russell Wilson is on it, he can, he can make things happen, whether he has protection in front, of, in front of him or not. And we saw in that game against the Eagles with him being the leading rusher, it did, you know, allow him to kind of take over the game. And if he needed to run it for a first down, he could. And if he needed to find DK Metcalf down the field, that was there in, in certain situations. So I at least have confidence knowing that in the NFC, we have the best quarterback. Absolutely. You definitely do for that. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how the Seahawks match up with the Green Bay Packers. And to break that down, Brandon Schultz will continue to join me next year on the Knock On Sports. NFL playoff weekend. The divisional round is here, and the Seahawks will be going on the road. They'll be going up to Frosty. Lambeau Field. Brandon Schultz joining us here in the Whitefish Credit Union studios from the Field Goals and Seahawkers podcast. Brandon, you guys are eight and one on the road. I mean, I know yeah. we just talked about gambling here, but <laughs> the odds they're they're in your favor here on the road. Yeah, I do. I like this. Although you know, the Packers are a very good home team, but you know, while we're throwing odds out there, hey, Russell Wilson is one and zero against the Packers in the playoffs. So I, I'll take those odds <laughs> along with it too. Uh, the biggest thing, what, what's the matchup that you're being going to be drawn to here with this game? I mean, obviously, we just talked about quarterbacks. I know that's what a lot of talking heads are going to be talking about, Wilson versus Rodgers. And, you know, how great is Aaron Rodgers even with one Super Bowl? I mean, I think Russell Wilson at this point is in the same category. I don't know why we don't talk about him in the same light as Rodgers. But at the same time, where is this matchup? I think, you know, the, you obviously have that Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams matchup. And they've been, you know, even though... Even though Adams only has, you know, he's under a thousand yards, but he's right there. He's like 997 yards. Those two have a kind of chemistry that I don't think that I see with any other receivers on that roster. And yeah, they've been dealing with injuries at the other receiver spots. Jimmy Graham isn't what he used to be. But I think the difference for the Packers this year, if you look at their numbers and look at Aaron Rodgers' performance, it's very similar to last year. The difference for this team 
has been Aaron Jones this year and uh, over a thousand yards rushing. He's been very involved in the passing game. So I'm curious to see uh, how the Seahawks linebackers are able to handle a guy like Aaron Jones, especially catching the ball out of the, out of the backfield. Well, that's interesting you bring that up because it was funny. I was doing and I was doing some prep last week watching some of the NFL Network. And one of the things that they pointed out is, especially with Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright as well, um, is the fact that they are one of the best duos in terms of stopping those screens. Yeah. So that'll be a very interesting thing if Green Bay tries to test them in that in that regard. And I would expect them to test it because that's been a big part of their offense this year. And we've seen it against the, the 49ers and last week against the Eagles. You know, that was a big part of their game too. Miles Sanders trying to get him the ball out of the backfield. And I know he was dealing with some health issues, but Boston Scott, you know, he's been kind of tearing up teams you know, in that uh, backup role. So I was curious if they were going to be able to handle him. And with Cody Barton and KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner, they were able to handle him pretty well. And, and Bradley McDougal filling in too. I think that the idea of Quandre Diggs being back there at safety, like he was against the Eagles, that frees up Bradley McDougal to do those things like cover guys out of the backfield. Brandon, let me ask you this question, because the defense did play well in Quandre Diggs' first game back. But obviously we know Philly wasn't a complete team. Their skill positions were pretty much themselves down to Band-Aids sure. at the same point. And we just talked about how many skill guys Aaron Rodgers has at his disposal. What do you expect from this group and Quandre Diggs as they get ready to face a group that's obviously going to be much improved in those areas? Yeah, I, I do expect that it's going to be a little bit tougher because Devontae Adams is a number one wide receiver and they didn't have that for the Eagles, but you know, they had two tight ends with Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz uh, and Ertz was hurt, but you know, they still had that number one receiving threat. So I think it's, it's going to match up similarly, but I, I do think this is going to be a back and forth game between these two quarterbacks and this defense. It isn't great, but it's at least, it's at least an average defense when Quandre Diggs is back there. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think this is going to be another close game between, and it's going to come down to the play of the two quarterbacks. It really is. And uh, with that being said, Brandon, let me get your thoughts as do you buy the uh, Green Bay Packers right now? Because when you look at it, it was a very interesting stat that I saw earlier today on Lock Lock It In. Um, Packers are three and two against playoff teams this season. They're in those games, averaging 22 points per game and allowing 24 points per game. Now, again, Green Bay and I, and I want to say the NFC North in general had a little bit more favorable schedule uh, this year. So only five playoff teams on that schedule, a little different yeah. than the Seahawks. Um, well, what do you think about that? Yeah, just thinking off the top of my head, I know that in terms of the points averages, it's skewed a lot because that game against the 49ers where they got blown out, it was 30-something to 8. And then their wins, I know they got two of those wins against the Minnesota Vikings. And one was earlier in the season, one was later in the season when they didn't have Dalvin Cook and the defense was playing well. So I I think that in terms of... Uh, the Packers, I, I don't know if I'd call them a, like a, a fraudulent team or anything. 13 and three is a good record and they do have an outstanding pass rush with Zadaria Smith and Preston Smith. So they do have the ability to get to the quarterback. I just, I don't know if, you know, in the playoffs that it, it, they, I don't see them as a dominant team. Like no. I've seen the 49ers be consistently dominant against teams, but they've had an easy schedule too. So I, it is interesting that they just, I don't feel like they have been tested as much as some of the other teams. The most dominant team I thought in the NFC was the Saints, and they're already out of the playoffs. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, I mean, that's the interesting part about this entire weekend because another interesting stat was that since 2015, in the divisional round, the home teams have gone 13-3. and And again, another stat, 
I don't know how much that's going to play this weekend because, I mean, in the AFC, I expect Baltimore and Kansas City to take care of I mean, business. we expected that matchup from the beginning of the season, essentially. We did. But the NFC, I don't even think, if you talk about the other side of that, San Francisco, Minnesota, I don't think after watching that last week from the Vikings that San Francisco is going to roll. Well, I, I th- like I said, I thought the Saints were going to be able to handle the Vikings easily and the, and the Vikings come to play and they actually win a game down in New Orleans. So I think they could go on the road and, and beat San Francisco as well, just as I think that the Seahawks, despite their history and Russell Wilson's inability to win at Lambeau, you know, between these two teams, Aaron Rodgers, he always wins at Lambeau. Russell Wilson always wins at CenturyLink. And, you know, they've never faced each other uh, in the playoffs now at Lambeau. You have to go back to when Matt Hasselbeck was, was going yeah. to Lambeau and losing uh, his two games that he played there. Of course, we want the ball and we're going to score. That's always a, a memory that Seahawks fans will have forever but uh yeah it's i i'm excited for russell wilson to have this opportunity and yeah i saw a stat where he plays really well in 20 to 40 degree games uh, for whatever reason analytics they're a beautiful thing <laughs> um brandon one, th- one other thing i want to kind of get your thoughts on because i look at this game i think this is a shootout i don't yeah. think this is going to be a low scoring game at all i think this is going to be a shootout and i think it's going to come down to whichever quarterback has the ball last and you know for russell wilson he seems to have had the ball uh, many times this season with in his hands towards the end of a ball game. And uh, so I want to get your thoughts. Do you, do you feel like that's how this thing is going to roll? It's going to be a shootout. I feel like you've been listening to to my shows and previews on other shows because I, <laughs> I, I had uh, a guy from the Acme Packing Company podcast on the show. I went on the Pack-A-Day podcast. It was previewing the matchup. And both times I've said, you know, I, I don't care, you know, I – for in terms of predicting a victory, I, I don't really know if I can do that because it's going to come down to which quarterback has the ball last with enough time to score. And whether it's Aaron Rodgers, whether it's Russell Wilson, I really do feel that way. If it's a minute and a half left and however the team's worked it out to where they have the ball in that moment, I think that's the team who's going to win. Also, I want to get your thoughts with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. How do you see Russell Wilson getting the ball? Are we going to see Seattle continue to test the ball deep, or are we going to see short routes? What do you think? I think they're going to test them deep because the Packers have shown that they are the worst team against deep throws in the NFL. So that that matchup works perfectly for Russell Wilson. My feature guest is Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Let's make some NFL playoff picks, Brandon. Obviously, uh, we've been talking about Seattle Green Bay. Uh, I, I think I know how you're going to pick this thing, obviously. Uh, I want to save mine for a little bit later, but at the same time, let's get to the other three. The other NFC matchup, they're going to be the first ones on the docket on Saturday. Uh, 49ers, Vikings, uh, who do you like? Well, this is you know an interesting set of games this weekend because all of the teams are heavy fa- favorites, the home teams, and 49ers are seven-point favorites at home. I'm I'm actually going to go with the Vikings, though. I, I'm going to predict the upset for the Vikings to to go through the San Francisco 49ers. You know that would mean that the Seahawks, if they win Sunday, would get a home NFC championship. Game. I know, and I'm hoping for that, but I also wonder, I, I think if the Vikings win, that's going to give more... Uh, more juice to the Packers to try and want to win because they'll know that they'll have a home playoff game at Lambeau the next week if the Vikings win and they'll be playing a team that they've already beat twice. So in terms of the psychology of it, I do, I do kind of worry for that outcome a little bit because I think it might play to the Seahawks advantage a little bit more if the 49ers win on Saturday. And then because, you know, the Packers, they got blown out by the 49ers. Do you think they're going to be, you know, just, you know, licking their chops to go back to San Francisco after that beatdown they got earlier. 
I don't think so. I don't think they want to go back there. So, yeah, they'll be hoping for their division rival. Uh, I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers to win here. I think they do get it done, but it will be close. I think San Francisco kicks a game-winning field goal, 27-24. I think it will be uh, the final score on that one. Uh, going to Saturday evening, the uh, Ravens taking on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, listen, it's a great story. I don't think the Titans necessarily ended the Patriots dynasty, yeah. but I think the Baltimore Ravens in the Titans playoff run. <laughs> well, they are 10-point favorites in this game, and I, I do like the Ravens quite a bit, so I, I would predict that they're able to get past the Titans. It might be a little closer than people expect. You know, a 10-point spread, I, I think the Titans can keep it closer than 10 points. Okay, all right. Uh, going into Sunday morning, uh, Going into Sunday, Brandon, uh, Chiefs at the Texans. I have the Chiefs winning by at least 17 points against the Texans. I don't even think the Texans should be here. Buffalo just wanted to lose it more, apparently. <laughs> you think that Buffalo, they should have gotten that uh, special teams touchdown at the end by by not kneeling down at the at the end of that game? That was where the, the, the guy, uh, he, he took the ball, and then he went to throw it to the ref, and the ref kind of moved out oh, of the way. Oh, and, oh, oh. And they called it initially called the touchdown for the. Bulls. I don't think no, that wasn't a touchdown. <laughs> that wasn't a touchdown. That's again, that's when the because the NFL officials have so many rules they have to keep in their head right. that they don't even know uh, how what rule it is. So yeah, no, I don't think that the Buffalo should have got that one. It would have been nice, <laughs> but Buffalo screwed it up. But I'm going to take the Chiefs here. Who you got? Yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs as well, and I'm in agreement with you that if there's going to be a blowout this weekend, this is the game that I would expect there to be the biggest blowout and. I do like Lamar. I, I like uh, I like the Texans. Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know I like DeAndre Hopkins, one of my favorite receivers in the league. JJ Watt on defense. I just think that that Kansas City Chiefs game, uh, team is going to be too much for him. I agree. Their offense is rolling. The defense is playing really well. Not what they used to be. Uh, should be really interesting because I think the AFC Championship game is where all the intrigue will be uh, this weekend. Brandon Schultz joining us here from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Uh, Brandon, if people want to follow your work, how can they do that? I want to hear your pick for the Packers and Seahawks, Anthony. Uh. I, you, you're, you told me that you were going to hold off, and now I feel like you're going to go against me here on my way out the door. I'll tell you what, man. I mean, here's the deal. I have a lot of Packer friends, <laughs> and nothing, nothing, nothing I enjoy more than watching them have tears yeah it's like saints fans i enjoy their tears and there's a couple nfl team fans tears that i really just enjoy drinking and uh so i would really like to see seattle win here but again just that offensive line issues i somehow think aaron Rodgers is gonna get the ball last i don't think russell wilson's gonna get it last and i think green bay kicks a game-winning field goal 38 35 Ooh, 38 35 that is a high scoring game okay i don't think i think i think the first to 30 wins you think so? First yeah. to thirty. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking even. I was thinking even higher than that. I think. I'm thinking. I don't even know what the over under set at right now. I gotta imagine it's sixty. No, seventy five. I gotta think. Yeah, I don't know the over under. I just know that the Packers are four and a half point favorites. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but either way, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a. Definitely take the over in this game. Let's put it that right. Way. I'll take. Well, I'm taking the Seahawks, Anthony. <laughs> What's your score prediction? I'm going to say 31-28. 31-28. All right, we're three points off. That's not bad. That's not bad. Brandon, really appreciate your time. As always, my friend, and if they want to catch the podcast. Yeah, check it out, seahawkerspodcast.com, or I have that Packers preview up on field goals. You can subscribe, sbnation.com slash NFL podcast. Brandon, really appreciate the time. As always, my friend, looking forward to chatting with you next week. Go Hawks!